Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. Jessica Vanell is back. She came on to talk all about imposter syndrome, and now she is here to talk all about private practice. So Jessica is, as I said, she's an SLP who owns a private practice called Communicate Speech and Language Services. She works with children's ages three and up in the state of Massachusetts. She provides evaluation, treatment, and parent coaching to help families learn how to support their child's development at home. So you can see all of this in the, in the description of the bio, but you can find her website, www.communikidsslp.com. You can find her on Facebook or Instagram at communikids.slp. She also has an Instagram account at speechiesrs, which is a little bit more tailored towards SLPs. And you should also check out her blog, which can be found on her website. But all of this will be in the description of the bio, so you can easily find it there. And with that, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad you came back <laughs> for another one. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so today we're going to be talking about private practice. For, before we dive right into private practice, first I wanted to talk about, for anyone who's unfamiliar, what are the various settings that you can work in as an SLP? Because um, before you answer the question, I do think this is not something, I think people don't, they don't realize all the settings that SLPs can work in. So I'm kind of excited for you to answer this question for everyone. So this is actually one of the coolest things about being an SLP. There are so many different settings to work in and populations to work with. So um, SLPs can work in schools, public schools, private schools, charter schools, um, hospitals, private practices, state agencies like early intervention, nursing homes, and home health, which pretty much covers the entire lifespan from infancy through geriatrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's something that people aren't, even when people are like, oh, what were your placements in grad school? I'm like, I had one in a school, I had one in a health center, I had one in acute care, I had one in an outpatient clinic. For They're like, wait, what? I thought you just worked with toddlers. And I was like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So how did you start a private practice? Like, why did you decide to start it? And also, what made you pivot away from the setting that you'd been working in previously? So there's a bit of a story here. So after I graduated with my master's, I jumped right into working in early intervention, which is home-based therapy with kids from zero to three. And I was in that position for a year and a half and I loved it. Um, and then in December of 2019, my husband and I both left our jobs to travel in Asia for six months. Um, Basically, it was a trip that we'd been planning for like three or four years and lots of planning and saving and preparation um, went into this. And we left in January of 2020 and we had an amazing time for almost three months. We were in Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia and Bali. You know, we made it almost halfway through the trip, but then obviously the threat of coronavirus made us feel unsafe traveling. So we made the really, really tough decision to end our trip early and come back home to Boston. So that's kind of the background information, which is, you know, a whole story unto itself. But anyway, we got home and I was trying to figure out what the next steps were going to be for me. I had initially thought that I would start working in a school starting this fall. But as the summer went on, I was just feeling increasingly uncomfortable with the idea of being in a school 
with hundreds of kids and a much higher possibility of getting infected. And um, I live with people who are in a high risk category for COVID. So that wasn't really a risk I was willing to take. So I felt that the best way to move forward would be to see my own clients on my own terms. So Communicids Speech and Language Services was born. <laughs> and right now I, like you said, I serve families in Massachusetts via teletherapy, but eventually once COVID is a thing of the past, I will see the majority of my clients in their homes. Wow, I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a bit of a curveball. <laughs> That was unexpected. Um, <laughs> so, wow, that, so you were there for three months. That must've been amazing. But I, I can't believe that of all of the time, like the chunk that you decided to travel, then of course, pandemic. I know it's, it was such a wrench in our plans and was so, it was hard to process because at the time, you know, we felt unsafe. We were very concerned about actually being stuck in Bali, which, you know, most people are like, oh, stuck in Bali? It sounds great. But, you know, during a global pandemic, that's, you know, not really the best place to be. So it was a very quick decision. We didn't have a lot of time to stew on it and to really think about it and just kind of had to make a very quick decision based on how we were feeling and um, and then spent the next few months processing like the sort of like the loss of our of our plans and our trip. But um, it's it's crazy because it's created this whole different opportunity for me to start a practice, which, you know, I, I don't know if that would have happened if we had continued our trip or if the pandemic wasn't, you know, wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. You just never know, never know what's going to happen. It's true. I mean, there's just always going to be obstacles thrown in your way and it's, it's all about how you handle it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm excited that we're talking about this now because this is like pretty fresh in your mind since you, this is very recent kind of. So what's been the hardest part about setting up a private practice? I mean, you've had kind of almost two because you've been starting up a private practice and it's a during a pandemic. So you've had like two different kind of challenging situations going on. So yeah, what's been the hardest part? So I, I came across the Start Your Private Practice program on Instagram. It's a step-by-step -step guide that basically walks you through the process of starting your own private practice. And it has like a really great supportive community of people who have successfully started a practice or in the process of starting one um, and has all these great resources. So that's the, the, the guide, I guess, that I used. I thought that the hardest part of starting a private practice would be the logistics, like setting up an LLC, getting a business license, figuring out billing. Am I going to do private pay or will I take insurance, creating a website, like all those kinds of things. But all of those things are and were in my control. Like the completions of those, the completion of those tasks is completely in my control. And I did them all myself. I even created my own website, which I'm very proud of. But what's not in my control is the client base. I can control how I market Communicids and who I market it to, but I don't have control over someone picking up the phone and calling or not calling. I don't have control over someone choosing Communicids over another local practice. So that has been the most challenging for me. I clearly like to be in control of my own destiny and that has, has not been the case, you know, with the ending of our trip prematurely and, you know, 
not, not being able to control your client base. So I've learned that a huge part of starting your, your own practice is having to be okay with not having full control over the flow of clients, especially in the beginning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I um, of course, can't relate to it entirely because like right now I'm a private contractor at a clinic. So I don't like the owner of the clinic. She kind of experiences that, which is like getting people in the door, getting those intake forms, getting those calls. But I can kind of experience it on a smaller scale, just like in private practice, you, you have to, I don't want to say market yourself, but it's like you need to be able to get it's different than public because public you just go to that school and you'll have that school-based SLP there's no choice surrounding that or you'll go to the health center and you'll get the public SLP supports there's no choice around that but parents can choose which SLP so you want to make sure that you're showing them what you can offer them and providing the best supports you can provide and it, it yeah it adds another layer if you're not working publicly right and you know they can at any moment decide to take their money elsewhere and so you know there's somewhat of the added pressure of like, I have to continue to prove to you that you made the right choice coming to, to my practice. Yeah. I, yeah. How, how do you like deal with that type of added layer of like wanting to make sure that they stay and they keep coming for therapy? And I, I think the best way that you can, can deal with that is knowing that no one else can bring to the table what you bring to the table. And you know, whether it's your skill set and your particular knowledge about working with kids with autism or working with kids, um, you know, with phonological processes and, you know, issues around articulation, you know, whatever it is, or maybe it's like you connect really well with kids and you just have this innate ability to, to make them feel comfortable and to get them laughing and playing and involved and, you know, and the therapy comes too, but that's what you bring to the table or that you connect really well with the families and you're able to coach them through how to support their child at home. And that's a huge part of it. So, you know, I, I just try to remember that I bring something to the table that no one else can bring and that it, you know, it might not be the right fit for every single family. For example, right now I'm just doing teletherapy and I have, I've had a bunch of families reach out and say, Hey, you know, I think this would be awesome. Um, are you seeing kids in person? And I have to say, no, unfortunately I'm not. I think we would be a great fit, but if you aren't okay doing teletherapy, then, you know, I'm sorry, I can't, um, I can't come in person. So, you know, it's, it's all about what, what it takes to be a good match with another family. And you will find families that are a perfect match for you. And you'll find families that aren't, you know, and, and that's okay. And you, you, you know, I always try to remember when I'm a parent, I'm going to want to find the clinician or the professional who's a perfect match for my child. And it's nothing against you personally. I just, it's just not a good fit. And that's okay. Yeah. I was talking to a psychologist recently about this and because they have the same kind of, they have the same thing as SLPs privately, where you just might not be a good fit. And she was just saying kind of the same thing that you were saying. Like, it's not, it's just, it comes down to fit and it's totally reasonable that the parents would want to find the best fit for their children. That's totally reasonable. And 
it, and it goes both directions kind of, cause it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes there's a great connection there and it's really working. And then sometimes there's not, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I, she was just saying that to me and you kind of are both saying the same <laughs> thing. I can tell you both have some experience, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. So, so what's been the most rewarding part about working for yourself so far? Mm, yeah. So I, I love having the freedom to create my own schedule and to use the assessment tools and the treatment methods that I think are appropriate. Um, and there's so much freedom when your boss is you. <laughs> but I want to talk about money because I think culturally we don't talk about it enough and women especially don't talk about it enough. And I'm a huge proponent for normalizing talking about money. Um, so one of the most rewarding parts about working for myself is deciding how much I'm going to charge for my services and how often I'll increase my rate and then having full control over the revenue. I mean, except for taxes, obviously, but I get to decide, do I want to pay myself the full amount in each session? Do I want to invest a little bit back into the business? And the best part is the answer to those questions is totally flexible. I mean, maybe I want to take a training. So I pay myself a little less that month and instead invest it into my professional development or into the business, which will help it grow. And that, that financial freedom is just huge. I love that you talk of, like, I love that you just talked about finances. I had allied health financial podcast a few months ago and we talked about finances. And I remember thinking like, this is something people feel uncomfortable about, but yeah, it, that is definitely a rewarding part about working privately. I don't know. I don't know why no one talks about that, but that makes complete sense and having that freedom. Right. And I, you know, I am really, I try to be really open about finances and money, especially to peers and and colleagues. And um, if anyone has any questions about how much I charge, what my rate is for evaluations and for treatment, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to start talking about this because it's really hard to find out information about about you know other people's salaries or rates or or anything and i think you know we as employees have well i'm not an employee i'm an owner now but (laughs) when i was an employee um you know you have the power to share that information amongst each other and then advocate for yourself to get a raise or to you know to get a bonus or you know whatever it is and so i think sharing that information can be really powerful. And I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, um, but I'm not. So if you <laughs> if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out because I'm happy to answer any kinds of those questions. Yeah, I, I love that. And likewise, if anyone wants to reach out, I, I want this to be something that's more normal. So I would love to talk about this, <laughs> this topic. Um, we should do a podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> Round um, three, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so how do you see your practice growing over the next few years? What do you think the future is looking like? (laughs) Well, um, I mean, I have such a a vision for Communicates. It's kind of exciting to dream about the future and all the possibilities for growth. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just starting out, and so these will definitely be much farther down the road, but I would love to hire other SLPs, maybe even OTs, PTs, social workers, and expand the number of families that I can help. Um, I would love to expand the parent coaching services that I offer and provide trainings and seminars to families who want to learn how to support their child's development. 
Um, I would love to form social groups like parent-child groups or play groups for kids. Um, I would maybe dabble in creating resources for families or other professionals to help, you know, guide them as they support a child's development. And I mean, I, I could go on. I feel like the possibilities are endless. There's so many different, you know, different ways that I could take this. And so it feels really exciting to kind of have like the whole world is at my feet right now. That's so exciting. It's nice to put your plans out there, kind of like manifest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Speak them into the world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. So just before we end off, I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to start a private practice. I know, like I said to you before we started recording, I want to eventually, I have no idea when that's going to happen, but I know that I want to, I want to stay, I'm, right now I'm in someone else's private practice, but like one like year down the road, I'd love to do it. And I'm sure there's lots of people who want to do it. They might be kind of like, I don't know, overwhelmed, intimidated, not sure where to start. Do you have any, maybe something you learned that you think is really important, or do you have a piece of advice that you want to share or just even a starting point or what's your, like, what's something you want to leave everyone with? First of all, I definitely recommend the Start Your Private Practice program. And, you know, it was just really helpful and, and provided a really good step-by-step -step guide. You know, aside from that, I think having people that you can talk to who have been through it before has just been really helpful. So there are a few different people, either people I know on Instagram or people I know in real life um, who have started their own practice. And it's it's just been very helpful to pick their brains and to see you know, how did you handle this hurdle? What solutions have you come up with? You know, that just, that's, that's invaluable to me to be able to have kind of like a mentor <laughs> to help you through it and to answer questions and to say, hey, I, I made this huge mistake. Avoid that at all costs if you can, you know, here's how to avoid it. And then I think staying organized is a huge part of it. Like I'm a huge list maker. I wish you could see my desk right now because it's covered in sticky notes with, you know, lists of things that I need to do. But uh, yeah, staying organized is a huge part of it. And I think the biggest thing is it's not too early or too late to start. Like whenever you feel like you want to start, that is the right time to start. Because, you know, I, I, one of the biggest mental hurdles that I had to get over was that kind of going back to our imposter syndrome conversation from our last podcast that we did was, um, you know, who am I to start a private practice? I've only been an SLP for two years, but I, it's all about the knowledge. It's all about, am I good at working with kids? Yes, I am. So why not just see my kids privately and, you know, the rest of the business stuff, it can be learned. And it, you know, that, that will come. So, you know, it's never too early to start. It's also never too late to start. If you are, you know, years, decades into your career and you want to start a private practice, it's definitely not too late to do that. And um, it's also, you don't have to do it full time. That was, you know, another big piece. If you work part time at a clinic, or even if you work full time at a school and you just want to see, you know, two kids or three kids, that that can be your private practice too. It's, it's so flexible and so malleable and, and you can really make it fit to whatever your life needs in the moment. Thank you for your words of wisdom. <laughs> I, I really like that you said it's not too early or late to start 
I like that a lot. I've heard people say that it's not too early, but it's not too late. Like it's like both ways. Yeah. And also you don't need to go zero to 100. You could do it one day a week, you could do it two days a week. You could do it in the summer. You do it, yeah, you could do it after school. You could do weekends if you choose to. I mean, there's lots of options. Mm-hmm. One just like little question I have for the Start Your Private Practice. Program, yeah, Start Your yeah, Private Practice. Start Your Private Practice Program. Would, is that more like um, United States focused or do you think Canadians would also find it helpful for starting private practices? That's a great question. I definitely think Canadians would find it helpful I, it's for sure tailored towards SLPs in the U.S., just around information, lots of information around insurance, which I know you guys have a whole different system, better system. (laughs) Sorry, let that one slip out. Um, (laughs) And there's stuff around like your employment identification number, which I don't, I'm not sure, you know, what the equivalent of that is in Canada. But most of the stuff, like there's lots of good information around marketing. Like I said, there's like this awesome Facebook community of people who've gone through it. And then I, you know, people all the time in the Facebook group will be like, is there anyone from Florida? Is there anyone from Massachusetts? I need help. I have a question about blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure that there's some Canadian SLPs in there. Um, But if you're looking for more information, not to plug someone else's program, but I'm happy to do so. It's the Start Your Private Practice program by the independent clinician. So search for her on Instagram or Facebook or anything. And there's lots of great information that you can find about her program. I didn't put it together that that was her program because I'm literally just going to say, and you can go check out the independent clinician. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. One in the same. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And then like you said earlier, if you are a Canadian and you want Canadian sports, just talk to people in your community that you know who started their private practice that could probably be extremely beneficial and helpful. People like helping usually. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's always, there's always someone who is happy to, to help and be like, Oh, let me tell you everything. (laughs) Yeah. Especially it's like when you come over, when you've kind of come across so many hurdles and you've overcome them, you're kind of excited to be like, I'll help you not do this or do what I did. (laughs) You can do it in an easier way. Yeah. Okay. So where can everyone find you if they're looking for you and they want to find more about you online? Yeah. I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me at communikids.slp. That's where I provide lots of parent education information about speech and language development. And then you can also find me on my other Instagram page, which is at speeches are us, the letter R. That one is tailored more towards SLPs and games and activities that you can use in your sessions. You can also find me on Facebook, Communicids Speech and Language Services. And you can find me on my website, which is www.communicidsslp.com. That's where my blog lives. And you can find out lots of information about my practice and my blog. And like I said before, please feel free to reach out and ask any questions you have. I'm happy to answer them. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Go check her out. And yeah, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Okay. I'll see everybody next Monday. 